Purple rain has been falling in Manhattan with both the football and basketball programs making some noise on the recruiting trail. Welcome to the Everything Emaw podcast on the Heartland College Sports Platform. I'm your host, Logan Wilt, and on this episode, we're going to be discussing both classes of 2023 for football and basketball and the Lockett legacy. So let's go ahead and dive into it. The football class of 2023 is, is looking to be Kleiman's best recruiting class he's brought in, the best recruiting class for Kansas State since 2008, and as of now has been pretty much dominating the state of Kansas. Now, I know that we heard the news that Dylan Edwards decommitted and committed to Notre Dame, and that, that one hurts with the way that he seemed to be bought in with Kansas State. Um, but I can't blame a guy when you're eight, 17, 18, 19 years old and the amount of money that is going around in the college game now, I can't blame him for deciding to go to a school like Notre Dame where they, they probably do make more NIL money, but it just hurts after what his dad said, saying that if you want to play football, then come to Kansas State. And the way Dylan Edwards was across uh, social media recruiting for Kansas State, but the class still, it doesn't take that much of a hit. Yes, we lose a four-star running back. Now, the Wildcats are currently after John Randall Jr., who's a six-foot, 180-pound running back from Wichita, Kansas. He's rated as a four-star as well, and and I'm really hoping we are able to secure him. Uh, we have another another recruit that's committed to us, Joe Jackson, and and he seems to be a running back coming in because Kansas State fans, you you better get ready. This is going to be Deuce Vaughn's last year, in my opinion. I think he's going to be be heading to the NFL draft because running backs don't have a long shelf life, and he's basically proved what he needed to prove in college. He's on a, a bunch of watch lists, and and uh, so so enjoy what you can this year because I, I have a feeling this is going to be the last time, the last year we see him in purple. Now, taking a deeper dive into the recruiting class, Kansas, the state of Kansas has been pretty well dominated by Kansas State with five of the top 11 players from the state of Kansas. And even more so into our our recruiting class, you have bigger defensive backs committed to us. We have currently six defensive backs committed. And only one is under six foot, and he's listed at 5'11". And that's something that has not been – or that's pretty unusual for, for Kansas State. That You know, we're used to the, the 5'8", scrappy defensive backs that seem to kind of be oversized when it comes to the game. Now, don't get me wrong. They have the dog, in the, but they just don't – they don't look like that football player that – you know, Oklahoma, Texas, and these big name schools are used to bringing in. So that's exciting to see that at, that Kansas State's starting to be able to recruit some size on the defensive side of the ball. And and I think that's a part uh, partly because that the the new three four defense that Kleiman Im- implemented last year. I I think you know you have to kind of have some size and and so I'm excited about that. You know, defensive ends. What we've been used to is. It's those smaller Ryan Mueller, Wyatt Hubert, those defensive ends that are 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 undersized, but they're quicker off the ball. And 
you go through the class this year that or in class of 2023, you, you do see a lot more size on, on that side of the ball. And that that's exciting to me. Another thing I, that excites me is, you know, in the Snyder era, we had blocking tight ends. They, they rarely went out for routes. Now you had a couple here and there that were able to go out and, and uh, catch some balls, but rarely did we see tight ends used in the passing game. And, and it, it seems like Kleiman's really trying to bring in some tight ends that are athletic, that are able to go out and, and be a threat. So that's another thing that I, I would put an emphasis on in, in the recruiting classes is just the, the athleticism and size that we're seeing on both sides of the ball. But just it's, it's a 180 from what we're used to. Now, the Wildcats class currently holds 17 commitments with one four-star, and that four-star being the number one recruit out of the state of Kansas, Avery Johnson, quarterback. And I'm excited to see what he can come in and do. I'm hoping he's able to come in and redshirt for a year and, and learn learn the, the playbook, learn, you know, put on some weight. And I'm I'm hoping to see Will Howard step in there for, for a year and, and do his thing. And I know saying Will Howard probably makes a lot of K-State fans grimace, but I, I liked what he, he was able to do from his freshman year to his sophomore year. He looked a lot more comfortable back there. He looked like he had put on some size. And so I'm not totally against him any or against him like a lot of fans are, it seems like. I, I, I like to see him get a shot. Now, sitting behind Martinez, it might help him as well, but but I, I hope that Will Howard gets a shot and we see Avery Johnson redshirt and and then get to play four years for us. The class also contains 15 three stars and and I think we're gonna see a couple more commitments from uh, hope, uh, three three stars, maybe a couple full four stars. You know, like I mentioned earlier, John Randall Jr. He's a four star running back, and and I have a feeling that the Wildcats are gonna end up securing him. But you know, we'll have to wait and see on that. But there's time because National Signing Day is not till February second, and we've seen crazy things happen leading up to National Signing Day, even on National Signing Day. So. It's it's exciting. We'll see who uh, visits, who comes to some games this year, and and uh, but as of now, you know the they hold the forty third best recruiting class in the country, and and that's something that we're not used to. We're we're used to seeing the the walk ons or you know the diamonds in the rough that take a take a few years to develop. You know, Snyder was never really big on playing freshmen, and and we saw last year the amount of playing time that everyone on the roster got and I think that that should uh, entice players to come to Kansas State because they get the, they get a shot day one you know with Snyder it was like you had to earn earn your keep and and you had to pay your dues for a couple of years before you got your shot but with climbing he's going to put the best guys out there to help him win games and and I just really like the the culture that is surrounding the football program right now. I, I have high hopes for him this year. I'm, I'm hoping for a, a seven and five at at worst. And I know, I know th- things happen. You know, injuries. We saw Skyler go down with injuries the past couple of years. But, but I, I'm I'm very high on this Kansas State team.
And with all this talk about the recruiting, you know, it seems like this guy's kind of slid underneath the radar. And and uh, on Saturdays, when opposing teams realize that they're playing another locket, uh, they're 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 going to be a little bit scared in a sense because, man, what what Tyler Lockett was able to do, not and not only Tyler Lockett but Kevin Lockett and Aaron Lockett, you know they they've really solidified themselves in the K State legacy and and I'm excited to see what Sterling Lockett's able to do. He's going to be a freshman this year. I, I saw some film from from earlier in March where. He was working out with both his brother Tyler and and Colin Kaepernick and and I I have nothing bad to say about a locket. I'm um, I'm really excited and uh, you know I I ran me and my dad we were in we're from Tulsa and and we were in Tulsa and and going into a basketball game and my dad had his K State hat on and this guy stopped him and it happened to be Lockett's grandpa. And he had nothing but good things to say about Bill Snyder, nothing but good things to say about Kansas State, and and they just truly bleed purple. I mean, if you go down the all-time records, all-time receiving yards, you got Tyler Lockett first, Kevin Lockett second, and Aaron Lockett fifth. Receiving touchdowns all-time, Tyler Lockett first, Kevin Lockett second, Aaron Lockett seventh. Receiving receptions all-time, Tyler Lockett first, Kevin Lockett second, Aaron Lockett fifth. I mean, they they basically dominated the record books and really made a name for themselves. And I have faith that uh, Sterling's going to come in and and make a name for himself as well. Just going back and and looking at the careers of the Lockets, Kevin Lockett led led them in led the Wildcats in receiving every year, led the Big Twelve in receiving touchdowns with 13 in 1995, holds the record for consecutive games with a reception at 44. He was drafted by the Chiefs. He was he was a little bit taller than and, than all the Lockets. He was six foot. You got Aaron Lockett at 5'7", Tyler at, at 5'11", and, and Sterling's at 5'9". And Sterling's only 160, so he, he's still got a ways to go in the weight room before he's he's in college ready, I would say. But... I mean, speed kills, man. So if he's able to he's able to turn the burners on and leave people in the dust, then it really doesn't matter how big he is. Obviously, we've seen Deuce, but if you go into Aaron's career, he finished third all-time with 4,023 all-purpose yards for Kansas State, second all-time in career punt yards with 845 and had three touchdown, three return touchdowns in 2000, which was the second most in a season in school history. He ended up being drafted by the Buccaneers. And then, and then you got Tyler, you know, led the NCAA in, in yards per kickoff return, averaging 35.2, most return yards in school history with 2,196, finished with 6,586 all-purpose yards, and that's only second all time behind Darren Sproles and he ended up being drafted by the Seahawks. So you're talking all three lockets come through Kansas state and get drafted. And I really hope that we see a fourth come through and get drafted as well. Now I I know football season's right around the corner, but the headlines that Tang and his staff has been making, 
makes me not be able to not talk basketball and the recruiting class that he's putting together for 2023. It just makes me wonder what Bruce Weber's sitting back thinking right now after he said that it's tough to recruit to Manhattan. And I, I always gave Bruce the benefit of the doubt, but he always had an excuse for everything. He, we could never just own up to it. It was always that, oh, it was COVID or we're dealing with injuries or, oh, it's hard to recruit to Manhattan. But if you just go back and look at his career, yes, he, he won a Big 12 title. But you're talking, he struck gold with an in-state Dean Wade, got Barry Brown and Kamau Stokes, and could never put anyone around them to help propel them further on. All we needed was a big guy, could never bring anyone in. And his recruiting classes seemed to slip. This last year it was pretty atrocious. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very, I mean, I'm, I'm just ecstatic about what Tang's been able to do with with the class he has this year or what he's been able to do this year and what what we're looking at in 2023, you know, getting a commitment from a four-star point guard, Ames, who is the number one ranked recruit out of the state of Illinois. And then here most recently, getting a commitment from R.J. Jones, a shooting guard, 6'3", four-star, who's the number one state player out of the state of Texas. And before we hired Tang, I I would have told you that that was almost unattainable. I would have never imagined that we would be bringing in the number one guy out of the state because it seemed like ever since Beasley and and Poland's day, day that it was just kind of, it's our recruiting has been lacking. And so, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm jacked to see what Tang's able to do, you know, I know he hasn't coached a game, but just the way he talks and, and the way he 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 seems to love his players, talks about loving his players, and he, he wants he wants guys to come here for the right reasons. I went to his introductory press conference and he and he he touched on NIL. He, he talked about how, you know, the the money that college players are making compared to NBA players are pennies in comparison. So he, he wants guys to come here and play basketball and, and everything else will take care of itself. And, and I, I just love that with, with it seem like, you know, we saw Nigel Pack leave and, and sign the $800,000 deal or whatever. And, and it's, it's scary for the landscape of college, college athletics because guys, and that's why you've seen the transfer portal blow up and, and, and uh, some of these guys aren't going back to programs that are as good as what they were at. And it's like, you know, you used to see guys, maybe you'd hear about guys that hadn't played in, or they're a junior senior and it's their first, first year really playing and they're impressive. And that's because they stuck it out and they, and they trusted the grind and, and continue to get better. Nowadays it's like, if, if you're you don't have a shot at playing, it's just oop, enter the transfer portal and go somewhere else. But it hasn't been working out for everyone. It's just amazing to me that in Tang's truly, in my opinion, his truly his true first recruiting class that he's already got two top 100 players in the country, and uh, 
like I said, I, I just wonder what Bruce Weber's sitting back thinking because he the way he went out, I, I lost all respect for him because it seemed like we gave him chance after chance and and nothing conti- nothing got better. And like I said, he always had an excuse, but we Kansas State needs to give a blank check to Gene Taylor because what he's been able to do with hiring Kleiman and Tang, he deserves to be a lifetime K-Stater. Um, he deserves as much money as he wants because he's really, really changed, changed the culture and, and uh, given K-State fans hope. You know, when the job came open, I was, I was kind of a Brad, Brad Underwood or bust um, guy. And looking back now, I don't think we could have made a better hire you know, just to see the way Tang interacts with his players. And, and, uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I just have the up, utmost respect for Gene Taylor. He's done a great job the way he reached out to the players and asked their opinions on things. I got to talk to Marquise about that and that meant a lot to him. Um, so, I mean, what a hell of a job Gene Taylor's done and, and, uh, putting K-State back on the map. And I'm hoping with what Tang's been able to do already and the excitement he's brought back to the program that we won't be going into any more home games that are half-filled or other than the KU game, no one shows up. And, like, that that KU game burnt last year because with the packed house and, and being up by 20-ish at half and losing that game, I think I think a lot of people gave up. And I think that was the – the ending point for Weber basically because man, there's no way that we should have lost that game, but props to Bill self because he's, he's one of the greatest coaches in the game and it, it shows it showed in that game. We, we got totally out coached. I don't know how we beat tech at home last year. Um, but man, I, I'm very excited for, for the direction that both our football and basketball programs are in. So now we just begin the countdown to September 3rd. I appreciate you guys for tuning in to the Everything Email podcast on the Heartland College sports platform. You'll take about 30 seconds out of your day to go subscribe and like on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. And uh, until until next time, go Cats.